right, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Classic Elder Scrolls Night. I am your host, Ivarwin, and I'm playing Oblivion with my sneaky character named Shank. Uh, with me on the call tonight is QGN Community Managers, John Supa. Hi, everybody. Mariku of Tamriel. Hey, up my notes. About with me, Mariku, here on Twitch and in Cyrodiil and on YouTube. Hello. And we've got a brand new host for you this evening to talk classic Elder Scrolls. The one and only Shank Tank. Oh, it's not Dave. It's not Dave. Oh. Yay! Yo. Um, I can just tell you that I have, uh, watched and listened. That means I went, I watched the videos on YouTube and I listened to the podcast. So dual wielding classic Elder Scrolls, uh, cut up till now. Uh, I think what you guys have done with the show is fantastic. Um, and it's awesome. I'm really happy to be here. I'm stoked. And you're playing as me. I am. I am playing as Yay. you. Yay. Yay, Shang. Welcome so how to does the that family. make you feel that he's playing as you right now? It's a, it's a very literal out-of-body experience. If you see yourself die, is there a paradox moment? Environment, what are we doing here? Well, <laughs> what I'm doing right now is I'm reloading my game. Uh, so basically, where I'm at right now is Fort Such, and I am... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Shank already knows. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Fort Such... Uh, I'm pl apparently I'm playing as a badass thief still. Uh, I am trying to do the the Dark Brotherhood uh, quest chain. That is that is my purpose right now, and I'm in here to administer a bottle of poison to a guy named Roderick. Oh, I remember this. You did it last week. Can I ask you a quick question, Barwin? Absolutely. Did you? happen to take the um, secret entrance into here? The secret entrance? Uh, you know, I, I don't think so. I think what I did was I just went ahead and took an entrance. <laughs> I think he barged through the front door. Yeah. He just walked into the... <laughs> Straight up. Strolled right on in like I own the place. Like a boss. Like a, like a boss. Strolling up like a boss. <laughs> uh, I don't like this singing thing. Everybody if, um, loves it. I've had I've had um, confirmation that people find it really entertaining when I sing. You are you are my most favorite East Midlander, my friend. Thank you, Shank. You're, You're my most favorite Bostonian. You're also the only East Midlander I know. So, <laughs> and you're the only person from Boston that I know of consequence. There you go. Of consequence, Yay. he said. Yeah, because Super's from there, but yay, Shank. I'm such a huge fan. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of um, Boston myself, so. <laughs> you know, I distinctly remember doing this quest last week. You did? What yeah. happened? I don't you, know. Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what happened. I I think maybe I saved over a file or something? I. You got killed. No, no, I, I, I ended up doing it, doing it. Ah, it doesn't matter. I'll do it again. It was fun the first time, <laughs> and it'll be fun the second time. Oh no, Hobbit! I didn't say my singing was good. 
I said people enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> that's di- that's very different. That's two totally different things. Yes. Without a doubt. So, big hello to our chat room. Absolutely. Yay, chat room. Already got 30 people in there. This is... Wow. Yeah. I guess that speaks to the popularity of this uh, event here, Varwin, that you've created. Pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone for, for joining. Nice, uh, nice chat room so far. We just started. Just, just getting this thing off the ground for tonight. I hope everyone enjoys some of the topics that we've picked out. I hope, uh, everyone enjoys the stroll through Tamriel that we're going to, uh, be going through this evening. At some point, I may actually just throw up Marwind. I don't know. I, I think you should. That might be. That might wow. be good. If if, if your uh, Skyrim happens to crash or your Oblivion, my Oblivion, to... yeah. As soon as Oblivion crashes, we'll go straight to Morrowind. <laughs> I, I, I feel I like we really, planned it. I had really bad images when you said when I throw up Morrowind. <laughs> Morrowind. <laughs> the whole province. I'm just gonna just gonna hurl it right on up. Oh, see, look, there it is, right there. Roderick's poison. I did put it in here. I did complete this quest. Oh, and get out of here, man. What are you doing? Freaking... Let me, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess, but yeah. given Avarwin's track record of not saving frequently, mm-hmm. I'm guessing he didn't save frequently. No, I think he saved right before walking out of the house instead of, like, walking out of the house and then saving. Yeah. Well, I, I've actually been um... really good about the saving thing. Check this uh. out. This, this guard uh, was up here, and I, I used my bow and arrow, shot the guard... Uh, from below, got her directly in the abdomen. She, here, here, she, here she is, right here. And uh, I just looted her body. All right. <laughs> the the music, uh, the game stuff, uh, game audio is. Uh, just let me know, chat room, if that's too loud for you, and I will certainly lower it. Oh, uh, I can't quite read that. I think that's DVD. Yeah, DVD. Uh, thank you DVD. for thank you for welcoming me, sir. It's very exciting, very exciting times. So, Shank, uh, for for those yes, sir. for those uh, out there who who may not necessarily know too much about your your history in Elder Scrolls, and just know you from commenting on Elder Scrolls Online on Elder Scrolls Off the Record, mm-hmm. what what can you sort of tell people about? Your experiences with the classic Elder Scrolls games, some of your favorite classic Elder Scrolls games, what you like to do. What, sure. When it comes to classic Elder Scrolls games, what's Shank? Define Shank in classic Elder Scrolls. Um, my experience right now is Oblivion and Skyrim, although I have to be honest, after what you showed uh, during the... Uh, um, Oh my god, I can't remember. Maybe it was the previous stream of this uh, show when you sh- were thumbing through the anthology. Mm-hmm. Oh, Daggerfall? Yeah, no, no, no. He was like, I think you were literally like, you showed us the case. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And like all those things. And I, I'm very seriously considering buying that anthology because it just looks like it has awesome stuff and I don't oh, have to amazing. mess with Docsbox and Fletcher's stuff. No, I, I don't because like when I was uh, when it came out last year, I was kind of like, oh, uh, I, uh, what? What? You don't have the anthology? 
No, not yet, but I, I'm considering buying it after seeing Ivarwin playing through uh, Daggerfall and stuff when he didn't have pants. But so <laughs> when, my 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 background is is mainly Oblivion and Skyrim. Um, I I generally play a uh, a some a sort of sneaky type character uh, with a heavy emphasis on bow, uh, walking everywhere. I don't really fast travel except for that one time that never happened. Um, Which, by the way, is now on the brand new QGN trailer on YouTube. As soon as you go to our YouTube channel, you see the the one moment when when Shank had to fast travel and then apologize to Todd Howard for doing so, and then <laughs> threw myself off the throat of the world. <laughs> so the story behind that is the YouTube Fan Finder video that gives you tips on how to make your trailer said the first five seconds has to grab somebody. So I said, this will do. That's it. it grabbed me, that's for sure. <laughs> so, Consider me grabbed. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was sneaky marksman, um, archery. Um, I, I don't. I, I try to avoid combat as much as possible, even though I, there are some situations where I just have to stand my ground and fight. Um, I, I'm known to run away quite a like lot, a, like a wounded cheetah. <laughs> like a wounded cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely that is probably the best uh, simile that you could have come up with there um, but yes I, 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 uh, I generally I, I run away a lot I, I am oh, known no. to pretty accomplish really nothing um, if I play for two hours chances are that I've done nothing of note except for walk for about two hours maybe I would have completed like a part of an objective for an overall quest maybe yeah. Um, but that, that's me. Um, looking forward to, uh, I really do want to get the anthology and, um, play, uh, Arena and especially, especially Daggerfall after I, hearing, uh, I will tell you, Shank, since you love walking so much, you will love Daggerfall because that's, that's what I've heard, man. That's all heard. I did was walk endlessly for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I think if I were to start with the anthology, I would go with Daggerfall 2 just because the control scheme is so much similar as the environment was pointing out that episode. Awful. Arena is awful. Yeah, I, I actually I got Arena, um, and Ivarwin had to like tell me like how to actually get the game to run. And I was I was I was trying to get it to run, and I was like, okay, cool. So I was like putting my hands on WASD in the mouse, and I was like, um, yeah, this isn't working. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I took oh, I have to put my installer than I did me playing it. Totally, totally different. Now with Daggerfall, the default uh, control scheme for Daggerfall is actually what you see in Arena, but uh, you can go in there and manipulate the controls. Lay repair hammer. It's not worth seventeen gold. So it. Um, you can manipulate the controls, so it can play like a regular Elder Scrolls game. That's yeah, I, I that's that's kind of cool actually. So like you're not you're not clicking around on stuff. You're actually controlling your uh, what was it view based controls that you called it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. So yeah, um, yeah. Osgan in the chat saying yeah, the Daggerfall map is forty thousand square miles, and you get all the maps in the anthology. Am I correct in saying that? Oh yes. yeah, absolutely, dude. They're beautiful. And, and I think honestly, that's probably eighty percent of why I want the anthology. Because I love looking through the maps and looking through like all just the, the 
the uh, the in-game like literature that comes with the, each one of the uh, the games, like just like reading through the manual and stuff. It, it's just so you get, cool. You get PDF uh, documents of Fair. of the manuals. Yep, that's pretty cool. And the the Daggerfall and Arena PDF manuals are stunning. They're absolutely stunning. I feel like taking them to like Kinkos or, or Staples or something and getting them, you know, printed out because wow, I just one shot that person. And get them um, printed on like parchment. There you go. Don't don't joke. No, don't joke I'm not. Me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like so I get them printed I, on parchment. I may do this. Hmm. And that's coming hey, from a guy who worked eight hundred eighty dollars for a shrine of Talos. No, I won't. So <laughs> it's less to go get those things printed at. Uh, Kinko's on parchment paper. Well, it's different when you're making a suggestion to a guy like me who buys an Engage on eBay for $160 <laughs> and a copy, an unopened copy of the Elder Scrolls Travel Shadow Key for 40 One open copy of Shadow Key and you rip that off quicker right. than a nun's knickers. Which, oh, wow. <laughs> That's slightly... So offensive, okay. it's immersion breaking. I'm, 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 in, I'm interested in that now. I, you have my attention. <laughs> Time to leave this dungeon. <laughs> Maybe that'll restart the conversation. I think that makes a good point, though, because I think in um, not the nun thing, but the actual like packaging <laughs> thing. Because you uh. You know, when you, when you download games on Steam, um, for example, like, you know, downloading uh, Skyrim on Steam, you get, obviously, you get the game and the content, but you don't really get that that tactile map and stuff. Wow. You know what, you know what I mean? Um, so I think whenever the next one comes out, I might, even though I'm going to be playing it on my PC, I think I want to buy a console version anyway just for the box and the, the, the map and everything. Like, you know, I, I just, mm. I like... Any other game, I would have said that's that stupid buying it twice like that. But I, I think the Elder Scrolls Six, whatever, is going to merit it because I, the, the map is such a huge component, and I think it's just—I mean, it, it's cool. You know, it's it's just cool to like open up a map and like just look at the the world, you know, and ha- literally oh, yeah. have that physical map in your hands. I think that's kind of cool. It's something that no, I miss too from from just like old school RPG gaming you know that that kind of thing that was the best part of it man that was or one of the best parts of it was knowing that the packaging came with just old D&D style manuals where you felt like I, I own a piece of this world in my hands physically it makes it almost re- like that much more real doesn't it when you're holding that map sure that's what it's supposed to do and like you know, on Totally Heroes, how you kind of you have that little display in the background. You want that Elder Scrolls box right yeah. behind you, Shane. Oh yeah, yeah, you want it. <laughs> Beautiful. That oh. box is abs- is absolutely gorgeous. It is. I mean that 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 cover art. If, if you're wondering what we're referring to, if you look at the uh, the, the, the legendary edition of the of the game. Or the the collector's edition. I'm, I'm sorry, the collector's edition of Skyrim. Um, it actually came in this large box, and the sleeve it came in. Um, it's it's an it's a piece of artwork that covers all four panels, and it's one continuous sweeping uh, artwork of the Dovahkiin kind of just staring at this massive expanse in front of him. And honestly, if you want if you want one 
image to describe what that Skyrim is about, that's it. That that's it. It, yeah. it tells you exactly what you're going to expect from that game in in just an image, and I think that's incredible. Endless that possibility. What's that? I said that boar took some killing. He sure did. <laughs> Sorry. If Arwen is playing the game as we're talking, uh, those who listen to the podcast, um, and yeah, he just pretty much faced off against, I can't remember if it was Bebop or Rocksteady from uh, Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been Bebop right there. Yeah. Bebop the boar. <laughs> boar in this game. I tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't flinch when I see when I see like you know it's such minor danger like like scamps. But when I see a boar, <clears throat> excuse me, when I see a boar, run. <laughs> it's time to it's time to pull out the big guns. Yeah. <laughs> um. No joke. Lotralor, that's our that's the Grand Khan. Um, that's that's him. That's he's him. saying that it also looks like his sword needs repair. His that actually that hand symbol means that Barwin bravely stole that item. Yes, <laughs> Shank bravely stole this item. That's true. Sorry, I'm sorry. Shank the Dunmer <laughs> stole this item. Um, if it needed repair, you would actually see like a uh, a, a red kind of uh, sphere like orb thing cracked in half. But um, I think you you see that in uh, in Skyrim that that stolen symbol like it's it's like I've got a red something or other. I can't remember quite. A, yeah, it's a red hand. But yeah, yeah. But um, dude, that is a nice bow. It's a silver bow. And that looks like it's a silver sword. It's a silver sword. It's excellent. I picked him up for a song off a thief. Very fancy. <laughs> a thief I had killed. And uh, to that note, if you guys are listening to the uh, the audio version of this, we we would love for you to join us live. Um, we got an awesome chat room, which I mean, engaged as always. I I love I love the chat room. Yeah, what's some <laughs> of the stuff the chat room's saying right now? If uh, if anything at all. Uh, blaming me a lot. <laughs> Probably for for things that deserve blaming. Yeah, but you know, if 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 um, they were switched on, they would go and do it over on our forums. At a chance to win in Age of Empires <laughs> 2 HD, which we're giving away to the best. I blame Morikyu for <laughs> over at QuestGamingCommunity.com. I think uh, I think I think Joanna may have you. Uh, that cinched up. She definitely put some thought into it. Dead. Hey, um, so, so, so far went. I have a, oh, I'm sorry, Super, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, Sky King 18 in the chat yes. says, I started yep. playing Elder Scrolls with Skyrim, and I have a hard time playing Oblivion. Does anyone else have this problem? And I think that kind of segues into a discussion topic that, uh, we wanted to bring up tonight, that, uh, you can check out on the Elder Scrolls forums, is it worth it? Is it worth coming back to Oblivion? Uh, this was originally posted by Jeffers, and it says, I got into TES via Morrowind and played it a lot, finishing the main quest a number of times with various different characters. Then Oblivion came along, I got it, of course, and played it a fair bit. However, I just couldn't get into it like I had with Morrowind, and I haven't even finished a, play- a full playthrough yet. After that came Skyrim. I've played that lots, and 
in the main enjoyed it, although it does admittedly have some weaknesses and shortcomings. Now I'm thinking it might be time to have another crack at Oblivion. It's well established and patched now with a healthy modding community, so I thought I'd see what the TES community thinks of Oblivion these days. It seems to still have a healthy following, so what do you reckon? Should I have another go at it? Yeah, I love this question. Because it's it's so it's so applicable to to not not just this this case that he brings up, but to every every Elder Scrolls game, and it, it's going to end up being a timeless question. You know, should we go back to after Elder Scrolls Seven comes out, we're going to be saying, should we go back to Skyrim after all the things that have changed and the technology? And you know, uh, right now, should we go back to Arena and Daggerfall with with the um, anthology? With the anthology, thank you. Uh, that has that had come out. Should we go back to Oblivion? I, if I if I'm going to start uh, maybe answering the question, I would I would like to start answering the question by simply saying that my first Elder Scrolls game was actually Skyrim. Well, it was actually Oblivion. Fine, I'll cut it off there. It was it was it was actually Morrowind, but I played it for maybe like five minutes. <laughs> 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 um, but. It, Really, I fell in love with the series because of Skyrim, and I had played, I played Skyrim, and then as a result of enjoying Skyrim so much, I wanted more of that Elder Scrolls feel. I wanted to check out the rest of the games. So, for for this gentleman who has seen and experienced Morrowind and loved that game, and then experienced and loved Skyrim, which, by the way, I think is a rare thing. I think if you love Morrowind, and then you, you inherently find issue with Skyrim because people tend to think that it's a much more watered-down Elder Scrolls game. That's just from my experience on talking to people on the forums that a lot of people who love Morrowind feel that Skyrim is kind of watered-down by comparison. And I, I can understand why they would feel that way. Um, but... To go from to, to love both of those games, I think the person is is definitely selling themselves a bit short uh, by not playing Oblivion, because I think it's it's a fantastic game. What do you guys think? Uh, well, for me, uh, Skyrim Oblivion was my first entry into the series, and I started playing it because of the uh, Skyrim announcement trailer. I enjoyed it. I played a lot of the side quests. I think I completed the uh, Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild and maybe the Fighters Guild at the time. And then Skyrim had come out, and I just got caught up in that, never really went back to Oblivion and finished that playthrough. Um, but I think after playing Skyrim and for after playing Oblivion for as long as I did, I'm just sold on the universe as a whole, so I'll go back and play Morrowind. I'll finish Oblivion. I'm definitely going to try out Daggerfall, just because I think I'll enjoy it because the controls are so similar. I can deal with the dated graphics. I just want to see more of the lore and more of the backstory to the game, because I, I really am enjoying it. What about you, Mori? Uh, I... Yeah, you got. I think you've got to go backwards. I think going backwards can help you go forwards as well. 
Um, I've sort yeah. of found that to be true. I think I think you're hitting on on a topic there, on a point that I think is extremely necessary, or not necessary, but extremely important to remember, is is that these games have not just tremendous lore history, but tremendous actual history. The series has been around for 20 years. What, 20 years ago, what did this series look like? And why is that important? Because if, you, if you're going to make the series uh, withstand the test of time, you got to know where, where you've been if you're going to go someplace just as, as fantastic. So yeah, I think you're right, Mori. I think you got to know a little bit of where they've come from. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you get, you get games like Call of Duty, which is a new one every year and, and things, and it never really changes. But if you look at the difference between Skyrim and Morrowind and, and all this... You know, there are kind of big changes, uh, but as we was talking about earlier, that there is like a truth in all the games that keeps it Elder Scrolls. Um, and, and that's a good thing, and I think, you know, it, people say Skyrim's a little bit watered down, and maybe they're right, so go back and see if you can get that that feeling that you want from one of the older games and just deal with the quotes out un, you know outdated graphics or clunky combat and things like that and just go and enjoy it you know like like watching a, a classic film or something like that I'm sure we've all got films that we like watching that aren't the greatest blockbusters of, of today so Definitely go and give it a go and um, try and enjoy it and try and keep it with an open mind and, and like a pure heart of loving Elder Scrolls and give it a, a, a solid try, I think. Definitely worth it. Yeah, I don't really think that you can you can go wrong giving the older games a, a, a good look, a good honest try. What about you, Shank? You're obviously the, you know, the expert here when it comes to Morrowind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in oblivion. Um, I was gonna say, like, I don't know. How, I don't think I'm qualified to answer this question. Um, but I. Well, how are you not qualified? Yeah, I mean, you've done you've done exactly this. You you loved Oblivion. Skyrim came out. The first day Skyrim came out, you you spent over eight hours in game, didn't get sleep, and and as a result. <laughs> You were exhausted for work the next day, came back home, and played the game for hours on end. You loved Skyrim. Adored it. And you then, still do. Right. And then something odd happened. You went back to Oblivion as the main Elder Scrolls game, your, your main go-to Elder Scrolls game. And I, I think one of the reasons I did that was because I was um, I had played Skyrim for, for you, you know for 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 so long um, that I, when I went back to Oblivion, it, it felt as if I had played the it was it was as if I was playing the game for the first time, like kind of like shaking hands with an old friend that you hadn't seen in years and years and years. Um, 
you know, I mean, like, uh, yes, this is this is my this is the fa- my favorite game that I've ever played. Skyrim is a uh, is my the second my, the second best game I've ever played. Um, so I mean, obviously, I I am quite biased towards Oblivion, but I also recognize the fact that, um, and I think Ivar, when you were sort of hinting at this earlier, is that, and I've seen this on uh, various polls on the, the ver- uh, you know various uh, Elder Scrolls forums and whatnot. But Oblivion is actually the, you know, if there's a poll of, like, what's your favorite game, Oblivion is, like, near the bottom, if not last. And people really, really, really love Morrowind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they think it's, like, a standout game, which I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, I, I have no doubt that it's, it's, like, a phenomenal game because the, the jump from Daggerfall to Morrowind must have been, like, oh, my goodness. Like, what what is this? This is crazy, you know? Um, it's huge. So... I think I think it's fair to say that Oblivion is not one of the popular games among the Elder Scrolls uh, community, but because this was my first entry into the series, it always holds an incredibly special place into my heart. Because before this game, I had never experienced something like this in my life. I had never experienced such freedom like this in a game, and I think with each game. Each successive game, you're you're given more and more choice. Um, you know, they keep giving you slowly, they keep giving you slowly a little bit more choice here, a little bit more choice there. But I think the, the the core of the series remains true while they keep expanding the choice and the freedoms that they're allowing. You know, from Oblivion to Skyrim, you no longer have to pick your skills. You can you can literally do whatever you want, you know? Mm. Um and I, I, I think me personally, I know that I, uh, I really want to try more Oblivion, which is a mod, um, which is basically Morrowind running off of uh, Oblivion's engine. And I really, you know, something like that, that's a great reason to go back and try the older games if if you haven't played them or even if you have played them. And you kind of, you know, like this gentleman grew up with uh, Morrowind, uh, uh, you know, played Oblivion, didn't really take to it that much and played Skyrim and loved it. You know, maybe he could try uh, Sky Oblivion, which is a mod that's coming out. And you know, who knows? Maybe mods can inject new life into a game. I, I know it did for me. Um, so that that's a, that's a whole other reason to go back and try because that will fundamentally change your experience and make you look at the game and play the game in a slightly different way than you had originally. So. I think specifically, should you go back to Oblivion? I think, uh, you know, sure, why not? I would, I, if there was something specifically you didn't really like about it, I would check to see if there's a mod out there that can help you, that can help change the experience or enhance your experience. Um, and I guarantee if there is, you'll have a, you'll, ha- you'll, you'll like the game a little bit more. Um, but, you know, in the end, I think it just comes down to what, 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 kind of play style do you have what kind of things do you expect from your uh from like for example from morrowind and skyrim and if there's something that you just couldn't quite grasp then in the end it might not be for you but i i would suggest you know trying all avenues um first like for like like the mods and stuff before um you know not deciding to come back uh because you know to your credit you did play the game. You you actually did play the game. So. Yeah. What what was it about Oblivion that he he had disliked? It should be in his. Uh, I think he makes mention of that. 
in the post? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me bring it up real quick. I think okay. this was here. And was this, this he was just, in, go he ahead. just states he couldn't, uh, get into it like he had in Morrowind. Okay. Well, and he hadn't finished a full playthrough. You know, to, in his defense, I'll say that Morrowind is very different when it comes to, you know, it's just very different than, than Oblivion. Um, when you play Morrowind, you know, you feel like you have to, it's, you feel like honestly you're playing through a book. That's what I feel like when I play Morrowind, that I'm playing through a book. You have to read everything presented to you, including just like random books that you find inside of dungeons. You got to read that stuff because if you don't, you're probably going to miss a secret that will help you get through the the end of that dungeon. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. actually I think that's kind of cool. It's fantastic. I love it for what it is. I love it. And, you know, I was actually, uh, you know, John was asking me earlier today, you know, what are we, what are we playing tonight for, for CES? And I said, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be Morrowind or Oblivion. And I really wanted to stream some, some Morrowind, but the reason why I ultimately cho- chose Oblivion is, is because, um, I've been playing this, this Dark Brotherhood playthrough for a while. I sort of want to, like, have the audience get a chance to see the end of it. Otherwise, I would have started up a new character in Morrowind because I'm sort of getting the pace and the feel for it. And I, I really love it. And I understand why people say I like Morrowind and not Oblivion. Or when I went to Oblivion after Morrowind, it felt watered down. I get it. I totally get it. Oh, yeah. It has a lot of... A uh, lot... Harder mechanics. And... You know, it's not as simplified or streamlined. Right. I think you can so, say so that, though. There's a lot more management. Right. I, I think you can say that to the that to the series overall. Like, from title to title, there are things that are added, removed, streamlined. So it might seem like one, like, as the series progresses, it gets, it gets perceivably, like, easier with each successive title to kind of go through. Um... But, I mean, I think that might just be because, you know, as a developer studio, you're, you're constantly tinkering and experimenting and throwing out what works, or throwing out what doesn't work and, like, adding stuff that does work oh, sure. or just simplifying stuff, you know? So, I think that, that might speak to the iterative process, but, I mean, yeah, it, it, I think it just kind of, like, makes sense to, uh, if, if, cause I, I've heard the same argument, man, that, uh, I have a friend back home who loves, 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 loves Morrowind and didn't really, in fact, I wonder if he wrote this post, but and he didn't really take the <laughs> Oblivion that much. Um, and he, he does like Skyrim, but he didn't really take to Oblivion. And he was, you know, he said the same thing. He was like, man, like Morrowind, you had like this cool, like sort of the landscape was like very different. You had all these different things. It was a much harder game and Oblivion is kind of watered down. So he was kind of making these sort of similar arguments. And I, and I can see that if depending on where you enter the Elder Scrolls series, that has a complete, that completely 100% influences how you perceive the successive games and the previous games. For well, that without, game. without a doubt, without a doubt, I would, I would definitely say that is a hundred percent true. 
that said, I will also have to say, you have to be the kind of person where you're open and willing to accept how the game is going to play when you go backwards. So to, you know, again, part of this question is, is Oblivion worth, worth revisiting? Yes, but only if you think you can keep an open mind in accepting how Oblivion approaches Elder Scrolls, how it approaches your uh, inter interacting with Tamriel. If you keep an open mind, then you should be okay. If you don't, yeah, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Maury. Let's say, yeah, if you go, if you go in, you know, if it goes in with the thought of, well, I've tried it a couple of times and I never really liked it. Mm -hmm. Chances are you're going to come to the same conclusion, really, because it's like it's trained into you that that's that's your 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 knee jerk response to it is oh, I don't like it. Yeah. The first the first thing that kind of niggles you, you're going to think, yeah, it's, it's just the same old rubbish. I'm not going to play it anymore. <laughs> you definitely got to be open minded with going backwards, like. It's like when I, when I got my anthology and I like, oh, I'll try Arena, you know, I'll try Arena. It's the first one. I'll give it a go. And I, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't really give it the chance um, because it, it, it just like, oh, no, I, I can't be doing with that. But uh, I probably will go back to it and I'll probably give it more of a chance, not, you know, like as in setting it up differently and trying to get it so it is playable for me. And you know what? Uh, I, I, that's, uh, that's something that, um, I mean, I'll be the first person to admit that that's, I, I have, I, I am guilty of that because, you know, in Oblivion, you're, you're used to, I mean, we're seeing Avarwin doing it right now on the stream. I mean, he, he's, he's killing stuff. He's actively blocking. He's actively pulling out his bow. He's actively striking. And it's, it's, it's all very like dynamic combat. And one of the things that when you talk about like, older mechanics of the games and what have you that was one of the things actually that's that's literally the only thing um that i personally didn't take to in morrowind was the was the uh the the dice roll sort of type of combat and if i i'm wondering how how did you get past that because that's literally the only thing that i'm hesitant about because i really do want to explore the world it looks gorgeous i don't even care i mean yeah it's 2002 it came out in 2002 but guess what it still looks damn good um, and I just want to explore that world because it's, it's different from Skyrim and it's different from, uh, from, from Oblivion and I kind of want to explore it. But for me personally, I'm just kind of hesitant 100% only because of just the combat. Everything else I'm fine with. So I'm wondering how, how, if you, uh, how did you, uh, kind of, um, I accepted it. Was there any like I mean I guess like it's still was jarring there, like, some sort of learning curve or something like that? No, I'm that still, yeah, I'm still going through that learning curve. It's still jarring. It's it's still difficult for me to to get through. But basically, what I I do is I just simply say, okay, here we go. Here's another fight. Let's make sure that I have potions on me after the fight. I got to hit my my T button and rest until I'm fully healed. And then I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna hit the F5 button and 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 save. save. It's a particularly <laughs> difficult fight. And this is this is how you play Elder Scrolls back in 2000, what 2003, 2002. Mm -hmm. um, and just like, and you're gonna laugh, but you know, I I've taken to Shadow Key. I told John earlier today that <laughs> it was difficult for me to, you know, it's I I can't put the in my my stupid 
Nokia Engage down because I like Shadow Key. I'm enjoying it. And it's an action Elder Scrolls game. There is no exploring in that game whatsoever. None. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so you, you can't bravely run away? Oh, yeah, you can bravely run away. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Varwin we know is playing Oblivion, uh, jumping into some Morwen, but, I mean, the rest of us here, are there any past games that you're going to say, maybe you can say right now, I'm going to go back and play this? What would it be right now? For me right now, I really, really do well because I, I bought Morrowind on Steam, so I do have this game. I bought it when it was like five dollars on the Steam sales, Go Steam sales. Mm. No, I uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I really, really, really do want to go back and play Morrowind. Um, I know this mod, More Oblivion, exists because I have attempted twice to play Morrowind, and the, the combat was something that was. That I, that I found difficult uh, both times. And I really want to try this mod, More Oblivion, which, uh, Bradford, if you're still in the chat room, help me install it. Um, I, I really, really, really do want to go back and install it and try it out again and see see how it feels. Um, because th- that's the game that arguably made this, like, a launch this into, like, a huge, like, epic franchise um, that it, that in, like, you know, the modern years. Um, so I, I really do want to kind of go back and try it out, uh, uh, again. Yeah, me, um, some people may have seen from, uh, Twitter, um, the constant, um, updates of saying Quest Games going live, playing Oblivion. That's me, um, trying to go backwards, <laughs> uh, to, uh, not great success at least on the stream. Uh, last Sunday, I think it was, I made my first attempt at it. I played for an hour and a half thinking I was streaming. Turned out it had disconnected after five minutes and um, Twitch hadn't updated me because it was still running on my X-Split. And uh, yeah, I was playing an hour and a half, talking to myself, playing Oblivion. <laughs> so, so I, so I have a question for you. I have a question for you, man. Okay. Um, so, is this the first time you've played Oblivion? Yes. Um. Okay. Cool. Do you mind if I watch some of your streams, like whenever you're going live? I would love to just see, like, your first your first few hours of Cyrodiil, if you will. You're more than welcome. Everyone's more than welcome to jump in. But I can, I think Minavarwin finally fixed it today, so I can stream it. Yeah, uh, it, looked, it looked like it looked like we were our test was was very uh, successful. That's excellent. Yes. Yeah. So yes, it was it was very bad. I mean, I think I had it running at something like fifteen frames and four eighty p, and it was still dropping frames. Um, so I just had to screen region it rather than have Oblivion as the uh, right, right, choice. right. So yeah, it was very it was very frustrating. Well, uh, hey man, and... yeah, I was Go gonna say it. if you if you uh, if you have any questions on it any time, um, I will be more than happy to answer them for you or help you out in general. <laughs> yeah, shanks I, I, right that way. I I, I know that uh, when I first played it, I had never played a game as deep as this in terms of skill system, in terms of 
you know, all the different things that are on hand with you. And I, I know I was very overwhelmed. Um, so if you need any advice, like I will be glad to help you through it. Cause I, I know how frustrating and, um, overwhelming it can be at times. Well, so I have a great the... idea. Oh, sorry. No, go, go for ahead. it. Oh, I have a great idea for a, uh, a YouTube guide, Shank. You should do the how to navigate the oblivion persuasion pie game. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> we would get we would get a thousand views. Oh, yeah. I don't find that that today. That's that's uh, very strange. <laughs> who do, who was I teach? Was that Uvar when I was trying to teach? How to do this? Yeah, <laughs> you taught someone. It does exist uh, in one of our videos, but yeah. I want I want just Shank going. All right, everybody, <laughs> this is how to do this stupid, incomprehensible <laughs> mini game. <laughs> Here's how to do it. Hey man, I love it. I think it's cool. <laughs> I'm probably Speech one pizza. of three people who like it, though. So. I like it now that I understand it. Now that I was able to watch that and, and you broke it down, I was like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Because before, I was just clicking stuff. <laughs> I was I was the same today. I was like, okay, I've got this one open. I'll press that one. Oh, she didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, it got, it got to a point where I was trying to buy repair hammers, and she wanted 17 gold each. <laughs> Well, like you guys have said, you uh, more you're going back and playing Oblivion. Shank really yeah. wants to play Morrowind. I think I'm going to go back into Morrowind. And I was playing a little today, and the barter system in that is not. Maybe I'm just bad at persuading people because somehow <laughs> the merchant you got a girlfriend, John, you're not that bad. I know, but somehow a merchant in Morrowind has swindled me of my pants. And wow. <laughs> And then I upset him when I was trying to persuade him to lower the price of said pants, and now he won't do any business with me. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So I can't hold, even get my pants back. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> how how did he swindle you of your pants? You, like, how does that even happen? See, I wanted to buy these other pants, <laughs> but they were expensive. That's how so it I always said, happens. Maybe he'll take my crappy pants. And I took him off and gave him to him, and he was like, I'm not giving you anything for him. But I exited the screen without getting my pants back, and then tried to lower the price of the other pants. And it turns out he doesn't like being admired, taunted, or intimidated. You know what you, know what you should do? Oh, dear. You should you should kill him and then steal the inventory off of his corpse. Reroll the character. <laughs> oh, see what then happened was I looked over at a table and happened to see a pair of I think it was normal pants. So I took my the normal pants. Mm-hmm. At which point everyone got upset because apparently I stole them when I was just li- lifting them up to see if they were my size. No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Soc Hobbit says no pants. Average day in QGN. I was, I was just about to say that. That is like, why, why, why? Right. We seem to have a problem, like with pants, with pants on this in this network. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I'm not just, wearing any pants right now. We That's know. the thing. Like, Maury's not wearing pants right now. Dave and I don't wear pants on it. Elder Scrolls off the record. If Arwen didn't have pants in Daggerfall, I'm wearing my oh, pants around so my funny. head right now. <laughs> I t- I'll have to say some of that I am wearing right now. If I may, mm. and that is the Elemental Imperial Frostbite hoodie, which I received today 
which was my Christmas present. I'm oh. going to put it in chat. And um, you can see, you can have a look at this bad boy. Does it have it any enchantments so on it? Cool. Yeah, enchant of enchantment of awesomeness. It is amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's so warm and Cozy. epic, and it's got the little Skyrim Imperial Dragon. It is. Oh, you quite people that live sexy. in cold places. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sat now without my pants on in a sleeping bag, wearing my Imperial hoodie, talking Dude. to you guys. That looks sick, man. It is. I wish you were joking. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it, it, it's it's badass, and I'll, I'll just like to say thank you very much to my brother for buying me for that Christmas. Dude, I I want this. Yeah. I want one too. Avarwin. Yes. I would. I would literally. But see, this would be bad because I would wear it into work, and I would immediately start casting like frost everywhere, or trying to, and then I would get fired. You see, I think we should possibly have it as a QGN um, uniform, and uh, if <laughs> should pay for it. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. It would be a tax write-off, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's it's a uniform. Yeah, it would be a tax write-off, actually. Ah? <laughs> uh, ah? Uh? Uh, uh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. No, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would. I know we're on a lag here, but I would just like to say, Varwin, you have like no arrows. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no arrows. No lockpicks. No lockpicks. <laughs> Nothing. I'm, I'm... Oh, oh, but hey, you're, you can level up if you can find a safe place to sleep in this vampire den. Isn't that great? <laughs> it's nice to know that. <laughs> you are trying to contract a disease. I did actually, I, but the first vampire I fought, I contracted. Uh, Vamp- Vampirus STDs. Yeah. <laughs> because Varwin's that amazing that he got cu- he got turned into a vampire and then cured himself directly after. Yeah. And he was trying to become a vampire. Such an uh, idiot. It's it's like almost it. The game is almost just like trolling you when you're trying to fight this vampire and it's like you leveled up. You should rest and meditate on what you've learned. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like thanks. I'm like in this battle right now. Thanks, game. <laughs> Incidentally, though, like, I totally own that guy. That took a lot of skill to, to get through. I, I don't know if anyone, like, saw the skill, but it was there. No, he was I saw the skill. vampire. Oh, my God, look at that bow. Pretty nice, right? 488 septums. And here we go. We quick save after a fight like that. The Parwins learned. Look at that. Yay! It only <laughs> took me 400 hours. <laughs> Yay. Is when blue suede shoes. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, we'll call it that. Uh, so, so uh, the Grand Con, uh, Mr. Bradford, in chat is saying, "I just want to point out, I am for the QGN Skyrim hoodie." Yay! <laughs> <laughs> if Bradford likes it, it's got to be. He is done. the Grand Con. Man. He is. He is the Grand Con. <laughs> he is the Grand Con. So what I'll do is I'll I'll buy one for myself and then just expect you guys to get it. Huh. <laughs> Oh, so it's, it's one of those at-your-own-expense uniforms. Might have to be one of those, yeah. Ah. I'll tell you that I'll tell you that will stipend your, your pay and then not actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a proper like a proper uh, company. <laughs> as as you should. Right. And also, what is a proper company is uh, Amazon.com and um, if you're on our Twitch page, you see that we've got a little link. And if you go and buy some stuff on Amazon, we would love you 
to click our link first and, uh, you know, kind of help support the network. If you feel a bit iffy about donating money, you know, if you're going to buy something from Amazon, just uh, give us a heads up and uh, make us some money so we can carry on producing great content and uh, hopefully produce more. And, uh, you know, we can finally get Shank a haircut. <laughs> Dude, you say that, but... You should have seen me in college. Now, now, where, where is, uh, where is this, this link? You said it was on our Twitch page, right? Yep, yep, yep. right okay. below the stream, right below the stream, under, underneath right. the tweet code, yeah. Help, help feed a a uh, naked QGN podcaster from the from the waist down. Please buy us pants and shop with that <laughs> link on Amazon, folks. Yeah, this uh, pants are appreciated. Pants are appreciated. Uh, a helpless man named named John, who who was once clothed clothed from from the waist down, no longer he was his his pants were stolen by a just a a terrible terrible NPC in Marwood. All oh, that shameful NPC who just steals pants. <laughs> he's a horrible purveyor of goods. That's I've right. reported him to the better business let, let, Let's just assume he's an Argonian. <laughs> he was a Dunmer. No, he was an Argonian. You can you can help you can help a man like this today by simply quick clicking on that that link in our Twitch page, buying something off of Amazon.com. Whatever you like, it doesn't matter. It only it doesn't take much. If you can buy a coffee, you can you can buy Johnson pants. <laughs> <laughs> what what they could do is they could buy some co- some kind of audio player and then. Click on our audible.com um, link. Oh, we're just throwing them all out today. And go we? get a free, um, a free audio book. Free, free audio If you book. sign up to the trial and then go over to tweakedaudio.com, buy some earbuds <laughs> to listen to that audio book that you've got from Audible. Right. That you're playing on your new MP3 player, which you got from Amazon on our link. And you'll you'll make us a very happy network. Yeah, and then you and then all of us can wear pants, not just John. Yes, <laughs> yay! Pants for all. Pants for all. I don't I don't know if I want pants. Thank you. You can to have shorts then. Shank would like a a kilt. <laughs> he would like a kilt. Thank you to audibletrial.com forward slash quest gaming network. Thank you to tweakedaudio.com and and thank you for shopping with our link over at Amazon.com. <laughs> so. Uh, seeing you rummage about these dungeons has inspired me to bring up the one of the tweets you wanted us to talk about tonight. John, you're fantastic with the segues today, by the I way. I know. I'm doing, I'm doing a great job. You really are. Wait, is it the segue one of those little things that you drive around on? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Felt differently. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, just checking. <laughs> nope, you're good. So, this is from uh, at Justin Shinohara. How much of an impact does incidental world dressing make on the game for you? Oh, oh! Shank is frothing at the mouth. Good, because maybe he can explain to us what incidental world dressing means. <laughs> it's when the world is wearing pants. <laughs> oh, we, we, we've got no, no knowledge Sorry, of that. We Nothing. don't enjoy it. We never have pants. <laughs> um. I think, for, first of all, Varwin, I think you, you should probably find some place to sleep and, like, save or something. But, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> attempting to, but I'm also, I, I, I also don't want to fast travel. I'm in the middle of nowhere right now. Although, kvaches <laughs> to myself. 
And a whole fat lot of good kvaches right now. This is literally like the worst case. This is not ideal for a right now. Nah. Leveled up, nowhere to sleep. Nowhere to sleep. Nowhere to go. <laughs> Find me a sleeping bag on Amazon.com using our link. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a Barwin a passport to Kvach on Amazon.com. Um, so I think of incidental world dressing. Um, I think um, what uh, he was uh, referring to is stuff like uh, just kind of extraneous stuff in the landscape. For example, I mean, Avarwin's in the Colovian Highlands right now, and we're seeing, like, random trees dotting the landscape. You can see, you know, various boulders dotting the lake. It's literally just kind of like the 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 uh the, the final touches like the, the the random stuff that's in the world and also like okay he's fighting an imp the enemy just kind of popped up so stuff like that i think that's that's my assumption as to what incidental world dressing is i think as far as how it influences you um is it influence your playstyle is that what the question is supa john it's what kind of impact does it make on the game for you? Yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's everything. To be perfectly honest with you, I I think that has I would argue that it has the greatest impact um, for me personally, just because of the way I play, and I think it's it's because it it completely influences. For example, okay, well. Will I actually walk there, or will I try and find a better method to get to this location? What do I need to worry about when I go into this area? Do I need to change my weapons? Do I need to change my armor even, perhaps? What kind of potions do I need? I think it, it has everything to do with the way you play, and I think it completely changes the tone as well. And, you know, let's not forget... That every game, um, except for uh, in, in the numbered series, except for Arena, is named for a location. Now, Bethesda d didn't do that by accident, you know? I mean, like, the games are named after the province in which they take place. Um, so, you know, the world is the main character in that sense. And I think because of that, these, these kind of random uh, things that are dotting the landscape as you travel through it have a huge impact on on the game and yeah i would argue that it has it completely influences how you approach any given situation uh when you play these different games uh curious to see what the rest of you guys think go ahead john what do you think well um i think uh, i definitely have to agree with you shank um the incidental uh world dressing or the clutter that That's you a good find word. around the yeah. game. Yeah, I like that. Let's use that from now on. Incidental word world world dressing from now on in the rest of this podcast will now be known as clutter in quotes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so all the clutter really sets the tone of one where you're at and the kind of culture you're in. Like you're playing Oblivion on stream for us, and you don't see all the furs that you see laying around in Skyrim. And you don't see all the camping equipment and stuff laying about like you would in Skyrim. So I think it's very interesting that the little things, the little details set the story and the setting up in such a way that really make these games impressive and make you feel like you can kind of get the culture and you have a deeper understanding of what, what's going on in that province that you're playing through at that time. Completely agree. I mean, I'm glad you hit on the culture. 
because I think that is important because each of these areas have, you know, each of these provinces have different cultures. Uh, Cyrodiil is unique in the fact that it's kind of like a melting pot of all the different, because it's the capital province. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you make a good point with the culture because that, it, it does, you know, that helps to really sell the tone and the setting that you're in. So, yeah, I completely agree. Right, and while it is a melting pot, like a very um, imperial dominance, so there's you a do. lot of pro-imperial yep. stuff around in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Skyrim, you have the, you know, the Nords and that culture, and then Morrowind, you have the Myrrh and uh, Vardenfell and the culture there, and it's they're completely different because of the clutter and the little details in those games. It's mm-hmm. the, yeah, like the devils in the details, and when you. When you have when you have a, a, an open ex- uh, world that you're expected to explore and not just you know run through quest by quest, the more details you put in that world, the more alive it feels, which has always been the strength of the Elder Scrolls series. So I think you know to the to the question of you know does does the clutter how does the uh, the clutter impact you or do, you know does it impact? I think it has one of the biggest impacts in the game, just like. The class system is extremely important in the game and, and impacts your gameplay and, and the combat and how that feels. Uh, and if it's weighty enough, and does that impact the game? And sure, of course it does. And so does, believe it or not, the clutter. And uh, Ivarwin, there's something that you said that I want to hit on real quick. You said the devil's in the details. Mm. I have never seen or played a game that has as much, quote-unquote, clutter and all the... Infinitesimally small details as Skyrim has. There is just so many details that I think it has even more so than Oblivion. Um, and it's one of the things that, you know, I mean, you go into the Falkreath region, you are completely convinced you're in a forest. You just stop for a second, you can hear the birds, you can even hear the trees creaking, you can see the individual branches swing. These are the tiny little details that help you sell. And to that extent, like Skyrim, in my opinion, is the most detailed world that uh, I've ever had the pleasure of experiencing. So, I, I, I yeah, I, I have to say that you're right on that. What about you, Maury? Uh, you, you repeat the question. I've just been paying attention to the chat. Um. Well, do you think um, the the clutter in the game does it have a uh, a large impact on the game for you that that you play in Elder Scrolls? Oh. Uh. You know things Definitely. like plates and whatnot being um, <coughs> being on tables. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely it's definitely important because it makes you feel like you're in a world. You know, while some minimal, you know, some games go for minimalistic and streamlined. I think having, you know, if you go into somebody's house in Sky in Skyrim or in Oblivion, you want to see that someone's living there. And food on the table, books, you know, and uh, housing chests and all that kind of stuff. It just makes it look like it's a home and that, like those people yeah. are living there. And that it feels lived in. Yeah, and they're, they're, you know, the world of, of Elder Scrolls is lived in. And like one thing I've noticed with playing um, Oblivion, if you look in all the barrels and things like that, to me, it seems like there is more diversity in what you can find in there than there even is in Skyrim. Now, most of it's useless stuff, you know, and and stuff you're not going to take. But to me, it seems like there is more of it 
in in Oblivion than there is in Skyrim. It's like quills and different shirts and trousers and, and just loads of just stuff that each individual item might not be important, but together it just gives you such a, a vivid picture of this amazing world that you live in, which is full of diversity and different races and different beliefs. And it's just, a, it, it just is a world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it is that, you know, all this clutter helps make the game feel lived in. I think that's a, that's an awesome point and I couldn't agree more. By the way, Ivarwin, I just want to say, uh, I am thoroughly impressed that you've just been like killing stuff and like fighting stuff. Um, <laughs> because I would have turned around and ran like miles ago. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, Shank, you know me, I stand my ground. <laughs> no, dude, that, that's, I mean, but that, that's, that, that, that's why I like watching you play these kind of games. Because you have such a different play style that it, it really, it, it's cool to see how, how you play it. Um, you know, I mean, cause you, you really do, you have a, such a completely different style. So it's, it's just cool to see. I mean, it's the same game, it's the same Oblivion. But because I'm watching you play it, I'm having a completely different experience uh, of this game through your playstyle. So I, I think it's kind of cool. Okay. I so, was, oh, go ahead, go ahead, John. No. Go ahead. Well, I was um, I was going through this moment earlier when we were we were talking about you know this discussion point, and I'm thinking there's this dungeon right here, <gasps> Fort Lynchell, or uh, do I continue? Do I go there, or do I continue on to Skingrod to level up? And I can't help myself. I have to dull, dive into the dungeon. <laughs> um, re- real quick, uh, you're, I know you, I'm, we're on a bit of a lab, but we just saw you look at a chest, a certain chest. An altar, that looked, yeah. That looked very, very different. Um, yes. Now, if you're watching on the stream and you know what it is, you're probably, like, really, really giddy. These, Those chests, those altars, are spread few and far between throughout um throughout the game. Mm-hmm. If I got you would it up like on the live stream right now. If you would like to know what it does, I won't tell you what it does, but I will tell you how to figure out like if you want to experiment with it. I would suggest perhaps finding a grand soul gem and placing it in there when the necromancer's moon is uh, a completely uh, a new moon when the necromancer's moon is out and uh that's for you to figure out what that means good luck um i think you'll be satisfied with the outcome especially if you're a um mage character per se or you have a certain enchantment on certain one of your weapons yep that's all i'll say the necromancer's moon shank says well, it is classic wow. Elder Scrolls night, so uh, why don't we why don't we do a quick search here in our uh, our browser? Necromancer's Moon. And if you're in the chat room, please no spoilers because they're Elder probably. Pe- you're. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just you know typing in Necromancer's Moon <laughs> Elder Scrolls. <laughs> so uh, we got an unofficial Elder Scrolls page that popped up. Uh, it says, find out about Black Soul Gems. All right. 
Looks like uh, Necromancer's Moon is a quest. So, but what I'm interested in is what does the Necromancer's Moon actually mean? Uh, there's also a book here that mentions Falcar. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. So, Necromancer's Moon. Let's click on the book link. I, I'm, I must apologize. I feel like you guys were trying to take the conversation somewhere. I kind of derailed it a little bit. I think this is this is kind of good, though. A Necromancer's Moon watches over all of us. Uh, refers to the Revent. Also refers to the God of Worms. Watches over our order. All right. This looks like it's going to require a little bit more. Oh yes, <laughs> a little more research than maybe we're able to do live on on a show, and um, I'd hate to to go through that right now. Um, but yeah, so necromancer when the necromancer's moon is up, you, you take a black soul gem and you put it in one of those altars. Is, is basically what you're saying, right, Shank? You take a grand soul gem and you place it in one of those altars. Correct. Okay. Cool. Cool. We'll uh, take a look at this. So that is uh, for for anybody that's listening or, or watching. Um, that's uh, that is my random, not so weekly challenge. But Barwin found it. And I was like, "That's cool." <laughs> that's cool. why Shanks on here. Exactly. That is why. That is why because he he's got tiny little pieces of of information like this that that I just love hearing about. Yeah. So, John, before I had cut you off very rudely before, um, and you gracefully gave the uh, the floor to me and in my insanity, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what what did I interrupt? What were you about to say? Well, Shank was talking about uh, you know experiences, and I, I just wanted to see uh, what everyone's first race was when they played the game. <laughs> uh, what did you pick first? First Elder Scrolls game, you jumped in. You had this epic yarn given to you in the beginning, and then it says, wait, who are you? And you picked... Redguard. In Oblivion. Back in 2008, I believe. On my Xbox 360. Uh, the reason why I chose Redguard was because I wanted to have a character that was going to be uh, naturally good at using a sword. And I read the caption that said that the Red Guards are perfect for that. So I chose the Red Guard. Uh, for me, it was a Nord in Skyrim. That was my first ever Elder Scrolls character. And I made him with um, sword and board, because generally when I play RPGs, uh, if I don't really know much about him, I kind of like going the safe route. So a shield and sword gives me that kind of safety for me to explore uh, places. Um, for me, it was actually a, a Dunmer in Oblivion. Um, and it's the reason I chose the Dunmer was, number one, uh, my buddy and I, when we were both playing it, we didn't know what was going on. That was the whole kind of, oh, you're overwhelmed with what's going on, <laughs> choice kind of thing. Oh, fail error. Um, not to not to interrupt. I'm really sorry, Shank, but I promise you, you'll appreciate this. 
I shot this mage and landed a killing blow as she was running into another room and the door was closing. I, oh, shot, I just saw it. Yep. shot her through a closing door. <laughs> I literally, awesome. I just saw that on the stream as you were saying it. That's pretty epic. I <laughs> I can't even take credit for it. I didn't even plan it. So so it's well. Hey, it's it's now in video. It's now in history. But it forever. happened, and I, I am a, I'm sorry for 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 interrupting. No 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 guy. no worries. Um, so yeah, I, I chose a Dunmer because um, I didn't know what I was doing, and the the uh, the description of the race seemed, seemed like it was a pretty balanced race. And at this point, I didn't know really what uh, skills that I want, but I do remember I picked like hand to hand athletics, acrobatics, blade, blunt alchemy. Like I picked skills that make no sense together because I had no idea what I was doing. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a Dunmer in Oblivion. So, uh, Hobbit in chat says he, uh, he first picked a Breton. Cashby says Dark Elf, Cosmic D, Wood Elf, uh, Osgand, Imperial, and Morrowind on Xbox. And then he destroyed that character. <laughs> uh, uh says, uh, Dunmer. And uh, I went the uh, Dunmer route with uh, Corpus and uh, Shank here. I picked a Dunmer, and I made him into a marksman. And I really think the only reason I picked him is because the red eyes were kind of evilish. <laughs> and as of our windows, I have a thing for kind of like the dark side. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, John, do you mind if I expand that question a little bit? Sure. So what is what is everyone's favorite race? <laughs> this would be quite boring because I think three of us are going to have the same answer. Well, let's test that out. Maybe we don't. Okay. I, I would say my favorite race is the Nords. All right. Mm-hmm. Maury? Uh, Bosma. John? Bosma. And uh, I'd have to say Bosma for myself. Now, I, I'm, I'm curious... Why? Why? Why did we choose? Why is that our favorite races? Um, Ivarwin, I have a guess, but I'd like to hear it from you. They they they're a very hardy race, and I look for hardiness uh, when I make a character because no matter that's always it's always useful to have an, a, a few extra hit points, a little more. Uh, damage mitigation, it's always, always helpful. And I feel like with my favorite playstyle, which is certainly uh, two-handed weapon and heavy armor, or a sword and a shield with heavy armor, Nords sort of flesh out the feeling of the character that I want to bring forward. That that makes perfect sense, man. Hmm. Yeah, and I feel that's kind of really why I prefer the Wood Elf is kind of uh, they're built for my playstyle. Really, uh, I like being the archer, uh, the marksman, and then I also like running around crafting in the game. And uh, kind of when I'm playing, there's a, a certain character I make, and he's always foraging and hunting and skinning animals so he can craft. And I get mods specifically, so I have a need. To go out and get and get those ingredients and stuff and and forage, so 
for me, it's it's a playstyle thing, and it helps me get a little more immersed in the game. Uh, for me, it's not actually an Elder Scrolls reason. It's actually a massive man crush on Legolas from Lord of the Rings. I love the Wood Elves. I love the Mirkwood Elves uh, and like the Lorien Elves, and it's just wow! I love, I love Elves. They're so awesome. I like if you watch the the Lord of the Rings films, especially Helm's Deep, when you see that army of elves, elves walking up into uh, Helm's Dyke and that to uh, to help Aragorn and all the men, and like they're in that really badass armor. I'm just a massive elf fan. So I mean, you're you're a huge elf fan, but why did you pick Bosmer over Dunmer and the Elmer, and even technically the orcs? Well, yeah, I suppose it's because of, um, like, like the, like I say, um, like, like a Legolas, and Legolas is a archer, a range, you know, not a ranger, but is a, is an archer, and, uh, you know, a dual wielding, and that's, that to me fits perfectly in with Wood Elves over Altmer and, um, Dunmer. Now, do any of you guys purposely stay away from Altmer because of how they are in the story? Um, yes. Yeah, me too. No. Nah, I like the Altmer. If, if I make it, if I'm going to make a mage, it, it, it will be an Altmer because they're better for it. And, and I actually kind of side more with the elves. I like their thinking um, and stuff. I quite like the Thalmer as well. I think they're really good. I like them. They're a bit arrogant and. That's a little bit like me. I'm quite arrogant and stuff. Not more. Don't know. Don't know if anyone no. ever noticed. No. And uh, Bradford in the chat, in all caps, is saying Legolas is not a ranger. I said he's not a ranger. I did say he's not a ranger. I said he's like a. You know what would be awesome if somebody wrote a book based off of the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Poor Bradford. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, it's great to tease my boss. <laughs> so, I mean, that's cool, man. I I, I like, I mean, it, it's it's interesting. I I I just find these things kind of interesting as to like why people make the choices they do in these games. And you can tell it's a very, very personal choice and nobody just kind of makes it lightly, you know, like we've all thought about very specific reasons as to why we choose oh, yeah. the race, why we choose to play the way we do. I mean, it, it's a very, it's very, very personal and I, I like hearing everyone's takes on it. It's really interesting. But, uh, that was, that was just my question to everybody. I think that's what makes these, these Elder Scrolls games so much fun and so so engrossing for people is because you end up the choices that you make they end up becoming personal oh without a doubt without a doubt man yeah and that's why it's so much fun to get together and talk about it like we do because you know it's fun to hear everyone's side and how everyone approached the story and how everyone really adventured through this world because everyone did it differently or and it had a different experience, so it's very interesting to hear what everyone has to say. Oh yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, there's a you you go through the games, and because every because you a lot of the choices that you make on on the character 
is very personal and very well thought out. Um, as a result of that, you experience the game in a way that you, you really can't see not experiencing in in the same way. You you kind of approach the game in in one way and think like, well, there really is. It sort of feels like there's no other way to 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 play this game. And then when you watch a friend of yours play and play completely differently and in ways that you never thought about before, it makes it all the more uh, interesting. One interjection. Mm-hmm. Play, le- play Legendary Skyrim and try playing it as anything other than sneaky uh, stealth bow or weapon and you will get destroyed. <laughs> you, you seriously, if you tried to go toe-to-toe in Skyrim on Legendary, you you won't even be a stain on the floor. Wow. Because they, they'll kill you to the point where you're a stain on the floor, and then they'll have someone come up and mop you up. The, the CIA Miami, or whatever it's called, with the with the DNA stuff, uh-huh. <laughs> they wouldn't even be able to get enough DNA to tell you more. Wait, are you talking about the CSI? <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. I don't know. The CIA <laughs> Miami. What's all that? With all, all the that. DNA. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. You won't, you, they won't even be able to notify you next of kin. Can you, can, just going forward, can the Englishmen <laughs> not comment on the, like, U.S. police departments and stuff? Come on, man. Uh, uh, t- in his defense, who here can really say anything intelligible about about CSI Miami, CSI Miami and, and and maybe even some some common British shows, you know. So. <laughs> True. So. Brian Laurie, there we go. That's British. Brian Laurie, I'm. I'm you and Laurie, sure. yeah. Place House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, House. That's his name, House. Yeah, you Laurie. Oh dear. <laughs> Made good use of that final arrow, huh? <laughs> if only you had more. Yeah. It's man. It's it's it is almost it's it's really engaging and it, it genuinely entertaining to watch Varwin play because he will literally you you can see him as he's going through his inventory. He's exhausting every single combat option. <laughs> literally, like, he has one steel arrow. <laughs> I got two actually. <laughs> two iron arrows left, and I'm gonna use them. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing. That's one thing I was going to say before I went on that tangent is that, you know, while I like playing as an archer and and things like that, if you go with this, you know, like toe to toe sword and shield up against Alduin, you feel you feel heroic when you do that. You know, it's okay sniping him from you know from all these places, but going toe to toe with a badass mother dragon, he's called the World Eater. I mean. You know, you've got balls the size of brass monkeys. So, alright, on that point, um, we have another discussion topic. Uh, this is kind of oriented at Oblivion, but I mean, you can carry it over to the other games uh, using the reference like you did. Uh, when you go up against Alduin, you feel heroic, right? So, can an assassin truly play the hero role? Um, mm. This is on the Elder Scrolls forums, and this is Enjord, uh, 
was the original poster, and he's talking about Oblivion, and he says, I'm referring to doing the main quest, or another hero-themed quest line, like Knights of the Nine. The hero volunteers to save the world because he wholeheartedly cares. An anti-hero tries to save the world because he kind of cares. However, a cold-hearted person who remorselessly murders anyone as long as there's profit would only bother for two reasons. It's bad for business, and because it means his or her own end as well. Of course, that works for most people, but when I'm doing something heroic like saving the world, I usually like to play a character that does care about saving the world. Anyone else feel the same? Whoever asked this, is that is a ridiculously good question. Yeah. Yeah, that was one that we got from the the uh, Elder Scrolls, the official Elder Scrolls forums. And yay, sleep. Uh, I know. I, 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 yeah, I don't know, Varwin. I don't know if you can see that. You probably can't see the chat room, but like, they're like intermittently. They'll be like talking about what we're talking about, and then randomly, Varwin sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it finally happened. I, I was finally <laughs> able to get a little rest and level up. And I got a I, level I, nine Shank right now. A level nine badass thief named Shank. SOC Hobbit's quoting Batman. I think. Yeah. I don't even know so, how to answer that question. That is such a complex man well why don't, why don't we hear the original question uh, or the bare bones question one, one more time okay so, so bare strip bones strip it. Yeah. if you're playing as an assassin character like uh, someone that's played through the dark brotherhood you know you're, you're murder, murdering people for a profit can you become this hero uh, that takes on Alduin for the good of the world or that plays through the Knights of the Nine storyline in Oblivion. Now, I have a question, because he says, can you? Now, does that mean you, the player, or you, the character? Because I think it completely changes the context of the question, depending on what this person means by you. Well, seeing he's saying, can an assassin, I'm assuming he's referring to, can the character? Can the assassin type of character? So can the character, if 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 you're if from an assassin, so if you're like role playing as like that assassin, and you are this kind of you know profit or you know kill for uh, profit kind of character, I I don't know how that role would allow you to all of a sudden become like a hero type and be like you know what I'm gonna actually do the Knights of the Nine, I'm gonna go on this epic quest and defeat Umarel. Because you know that's that's righteous. I want to restore honor to these guys. I I don't see how that character could do that. Um, uh, man, that's 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 that is a really good question, man. That's <laughs> a really good question. I I have to say it 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 depends on it really depends on what what sort of if you how how much wiggle room you want to add into your role playing. It really okay. depends on that. Um, the fact is, is that when you when you have a character that is just so evil inherently, is there ever a way that you could get that character to to look out for the good of the people just just because that's what I feel like doing? No, the answer is absolutely not. Now, are you able to walk the path of of redemption? And in the Knights of the Nine quest, I, I, I feel like maybe, yeah, that is that would be the case. You can definitely have a very believable assassin turn into 
a very believable hero simply because of that quest line. If you roleplay it the right way and think about certain things you do the right way. And uh, well, I mean, my, my I, question I is, to, oh, go ahead, oh, oh, I have to agree with Avarwin. I mean, I think it's all in how you want to roleplay the character, how you want that character to be. I mean, you know the character better than any of us would know or anyone on the forums will know. I mean, if you think that there is a moment in time in that game, if there's a quest that comes up and you all of a sudden feel like, hey, this is a road down a path of redemption, like Avarwin, um, didn't you have a character in the earlier Skyrim playthroughs you had that did walk a redemption path? I think I remember hearing on Skyrim yeah. off the record. I, I remember something like that. Yeah, I did have something like that going on. And the day point. I became a hero or something? Ah, uh, yes. That was my, yeah, my, my original uh, Brago character, who was a thief. He was assassin. And because he was the Dovahkiin as well, something just sort of, after he went through being a thief and went through the thieves quest chain and then decided to, uh, he, he disliked the idea that he couldn't kill his target. Uh, he went to the dark brotherhood where he got as much of that in as he possibly could. And then at the very end of the dark brotherhood quest chain, once that finally ended for him, the very first dragon he ever encountered in his life popped up. And there was something in him that he just couldn't help. Something as if it was written in his own DNA, obviously because he was a dragonborn and didn't know it. Something, a, a uh, an uncontrollable desire to save the people of the town from this dragon, and only from that dragon. Had it been anything else, had it been a marauder raid, he wouldn't have cared. But simply because it was a dragon, and he was unknowingly to, unknowingly to himself the dragonborn, some spark of her heroism ignited in him, and he ran out on his horse, charged after the dragon, and defeated the dragon. And after that one act of heroism and bravery, decided to walk the path of a hero. That was that role-playing story I had in my head as I played that character. So I think we can say yes. You can walk that redemption line if you want that to be the story. Mm-hmm. See, what, what I was going to say is, um, is an assassin a bad person? Because it's just a, you know, it's just a job. At the end of the day, it does, it do, doing a job doesn't make you a bad person. You know, people who write parking tickets, it's they're not just born, a job. Not they're not born evil. It's just a job they end up at, and they end up going evil. But just because you kill for profit is not a bad... How bad are you? No. That's, that's not... First of all, killing for profit is not an assassin. You could be a political assassin, where oh, okay. you, you kill because you're at war, and your two exactly. countries are at war, and you have to, in order for the betterment of, of all lives... To end the war, you assassinate a political leader that ends the war. That's that. That's a, a, an act of assassination. You are an assassin after doing that, and therefore, you're a hero. 
But to kill for profit, you're not just an assassin. Maybe you are, but you're really a mercenary. And that's born out of the, the need to advance yourself and only yourself. That's not born out of anything else. So that is inherently evil. To have a complete and blatant disregard for anyone and everything around you that's that's good on you know, that is good and godly that's evil. So yeah. Well then Mark, again, do you, you feel know, a good person could join the Dark Brotherhood? Yes. Yeah, I would have to agree, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, because it's it's ultimately, I mean, think about it. It's ultimately the story that you want to write. Sure. So can a good person join the Dark Brother? Why not? It's your story. You're in complete 100% control. Yeah. Yes, you you are until the quest line comes when it's go kill or, or even just, hey, kill these three people. And even in having that conversation with those three people, you still can't decide who's really the worst out of them and what have they done wrong and why who's the one with even the contract it's the woman it's take, always the woman well, no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> the reason why we all kill the woman is because as soon as she opens her mouth the immediate reaction is to put a bow in her head yeah. an arrow in her head because her <laughs> voice is just so shrill no way dude she's hot what oh, oh no she's old and she disruptive. speaks if if she doesn't speak, I'll I'll leave her be. But she tends to say something when I walk by. And... I'm holding a general election right now to vote kick Supa. <laughs> and I also always kill the cat because he's so arrogant. Yeah, yeah I do too, actually. <laughs> but no, I mean, I I I I believe if if at that point when you wake up and you you're given a choice to kill these three people. And since you're the one in charge of the story and you, as the character, still can't decide, you always have the choice to not kill any of them and to just kill what you perceive to be the evil person in the room, which is, in fact, Astrid. So you still do have that choice. And in fact, in that sense, you could have potentially redeemed the three people. And what happens after that? You go on a quest to destroy the Dark Brotherhood. So I do believe, yes, because you always have a choice to opt out and change something. In killing, in killing the Dark story. Brotherhood, though, aren't I'm you... Sorry? In killing the Dark Brotherhood, like, if you kill Astrid, you're, you're sent to basically assassinate the assassins. So is that a good act or is that a bad act? It's, I, I, again, I, I go back to it completely depends on what this, what's the story that you want to tell for your character. It, it complete, cause I, I don't think we can, I, I don't think like sort of general sort of rules apply here because it's, it is, it is something very personal to you. You know, it's your story. Yeah. So how do you want your character to behave? If it's this way and you do feel some sort of moral conflict when you're saying, oh man, well, aren't I just assassinating the assassins at this point? That's completely up to you and how you want to tell your story. So that's that's kind of how I view it. But I don't know. I think I think the point is is that when it comes to role playing, um, you you can find a, a good enough excuse to do anything in this game according to whatever morale code you follow, um, and and go with it. And so the, so the question is 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 something to the degree of. Um, 
how can a person still walk the path of righteousness and actually be, you know, how can you still be a hero if you're an assassin? I think it all depends on how creative you are, and I think it all depends on the circumstances involved. And I think that's also what's fantastic about Elder Scrolls games is that you can figure that out for yourself and it still works, and it makes for an even more interesting story. Complicated characters that are either inherently evil and become heroic or are heroic and fall to evil are some of the stories that stick with us and are timeless. So there's something here uh, uh, SOC Hobbit's put in. It said, assassinate the assassins. More like bring great justice to Skyrim and the spirit into the void. Spit, uh, into, spit, the void, in, yeah. spit into the void, yeah. To me, if you were going on the side of justice, you would arrest them and bring them to a justice, you know, like like justice our our like this world kind of deals with it. It, it wouldn't be to kill them. So I, I I would still say it is assassinating the assassins. Whereas justice would be in prison. I mean you've got the guy when you first enter solitude who gets his head chopped off uh, who you know when when apparently um you know is let Ulfric out. That I don't think that man has received justice as, as we would think of the terms justice. No, I don't either. And in fact, uh, on most characters I play, as soon as I walk into solitude, I attempt to assassinate the executioner. Yeah, then he starts uh, to heart attack. Yeah, I know, but I still <laughs> at least I saved them. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I think that that would be a cool mechanic, though, to add into future games, like not just you know doing ignoring it or killing but like have the option to you know actually like arrest them bring them back kind of stuff like that i think that'd be that'd be a cool addition to future games because i think that would mitigate a lot of the uh the moral qualms um you're talking about here maury um if it's just straight up assassination or if it's justice or not i think that'd be kind of cool yeah i mean to me this question it goes a lot deeper than just the game so maybe i've taken it to the wrong level but to me it's it's a it's a, a much deeper question than can a can a, a character who who does bad things be a hero? That's a very deep question. It's and uh, you know I love it. No, I do too, and I think uh, you know a lot of people enjoy the redemption story. So I think it's it's a real interesting thing. Well, we're going strong here on uh, Classic Elder Scrolls Night, that's for sure. <laughs> I think we've had uh, each discussion topic was so far has just been, I think, probably a better in in the discussion, probably better in the discussion than we expected when we chose the question for tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I really think so. So, Shank, he's made it awesome. Yeah, yeah it's Shank. completely okay. Sure, I'm a hero. <laughs> I agree. Well, you're I'm a total, you're totally hero. I, I was going to say, I bet total. <laughs> well, hey, man, this is cool. I think I think I'm just going to chalk it up to you guys. Chose excellent discussion topics. Um, how about that? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Let's all pat ourselves on the back. All right. <laughs> go QGN. Go 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 QGN. <laughs> I'm dancing yeah. with no pants so, on. Go, I mean, go, go QGN. Oh, <laughs> how, how are you doing in this dungeon, Marlon? How am I doing? I'm doing actually really, really well. I've got I've got some pretty rough challenges uh, that I've been working through. 
but the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, I'm getting these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm chopping them down bit by bit. I'm sort of outsmarting the UI and how these things are coded. I'm finding a way. <laughs> with one, by firing one arrow at, arrow at a time. One, and then as he out. finds one arrow at a time. One arrow at a time. <laughs> if it's dead, it's a win. Exactly, that's, that's how I operate. It doesn't have to be pretty. As long as it's dead, it's a win. See, I'm I'm slightly I'm starting to go off SFC Hobbit. It's but Shank has made Shank has been making it awesome, despite Mori's attempt to dismantle it. <laughs> hey Mori, I, I, I quit. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> you brought this punishment on yourself. You're like, hey, hey man, I have let's nothing make it against, a contest. <laughs> I have nothing against Mori. Mori's awesome. He's the coolest East Midlander I know. I the only person I don't like is Dave. <laughs> there you go. I think everyone knows about our mutual hatred, though, so it's cool. Something else I happen to know Shank doesn't like is uh, mysticism. But would you like to see it in the next Elder Scrolls incarnation, Shank? Um. Well, here's here's the thing. What they did in Skyrim, which I genuinely applaud them on, was. They did a lot of streamlining. Uh, some of the stuff worked very well. Some of the stuff um, I felt made it a little bit too easy. But overall, I think they did a good job. Regarding mysticism, there were certain spells in there that they simply moved to other schools of magic. So now you have alteration, illusion, conjuration, restoration, and destruction instead of including mysticism. So some of the skills in mysticism that was in a, that were in oblivion, they moved to those various different five other schools. Which which does make sense. Um I I, I don't know if I want mysticism as a school back, but I I, I wish in uh in sort of doing these kind of streamlining that they had kept some of the more robust systems that they al allowed you to kind of take advantage of the uh some of the other uh magical elements in there so but um so are you referring to like the spell creation wasn't that part of mysticism? yes yes that that's exactly what i'm referring to actually um i thought spell creation in oblivion was one of the coolest things uh, in that game, once you got to the Arcane University, and you actually, if you got the, uh, the, the, the DLC, you could do it in a couple of, I think you could do it in, um, uh, the Frostcrag Spire. You could, uh, I think you could weave spells there. I'm, don't, to quote me on that. But you could, you could, you know, you, you had some of these abilities where you could create spells. And I genuinely loved that. And I was a little bit disappointed that you couldn't do that. In Skyrim, um, even though they did, they did seem to beef up the alchemy quite a bit from Oblivion. I, I, I would like to see spell weaving come back in the next Elder Scrolls game, uh, just because I think it ha it definitely has its place. Um, and I think it just allows a for more custom cre uh, customization and uh, a more personal touch on the way you approach magic. You as in the player approach magic. So, yeah, I'd love to see that come back. I have to, I have to say, I really disagree i don't like the idea of um creating spells i mean if, if you look at like uh, the skyrim nexus 
when you look at all the like the the, the spell mods, they're just ridiculously overpowered. I know it's a one player game, but you know if if you can bring down, you know you can rain hellfire on people and then make them vanish and and all this. I just I think it's too much. I think there needs to be some kind of limit and bar set. Well, I think. That- that's that, that's where I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Oh, I was just gonna say. Um, I think that something they could use mysticism for in the next game is just another way of getting the tomes instead of having so many tome books laying around or having them uh, buying them from a vendor. If you set you know the the ingredients or the requirements to craft that spell at a balanced place and make it a more personal thing, I think uh, a lot of players would really appreciate that. And, and to speak to the overpowered spells, Maury, I think, I honestly, I, whenever I, cra- the, the most powerful spell I crafted in Oblivion is nowhere near some of the, the spell mods that I have seen. So I, I think with the, the, the overpowered nature that you're talking about, I think that kind of comes from, uh, right. um, some of the mods, but I, I know that I personally, I haven't created a hugely jacked kind of spell just in Oblivion. Oh no! Well, what you think, think we're all oh we've just gone we've just crashed. No, I can still hear you guys. No, uh, yeah, no, no we're fine. <laughs> our our exploit crashed. <laughs> yeah, we're well, yep, it just crashed for me. Yeah, I mean we're still we're still recording, of course. We're still we still got a show going, but uh, oh yeah, of course. Unfortunately, yeah, the exploit crashed. <laughs> So I guess just uh, just type in the chat room there as I as I try and get ourselves back up. Um, yeah, I'll put it in. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. So go ahead, Shank. No, <laughs> um, I, there I, I haven't. I have I have seen mods that are incredibly incredibly overpowered, and I completely agree with you, Maury, that they are very overpowered, and it's a bit unrealistic and a little bit immersion breaking to an extent. But in my personal experience, I have never created a spell that is that that is as crazy powerful as I have seen in those mods. That's yeah, I mean, the... I, I maybe didn't mean us. I mean, we're pretty decent people and we're sensible. But, but you know, that's the problem when you give people creativity. You know, that's why you get some people in MMOs who call their characters Zippy, Big Boy, and things like that. It's sometimes, <laughs> sometimes giving people enough rope... <laughs> isn't good because it means they hang themselves. And I think that's why you need to kind of restrain some things. So would, would you be opposed to them bringing back uh, spell weaving but placing certain limitations so you could not make incredibly overpowered, like you, you magic does have its limits kind of thing? I, I say um, if you bought spell weaving, it would be a way to learn a spell that you haven't found that you haven't learned so maybe you haven't found a spell for bound bow so it's a way you can craft that spell to learn it exactly than, yeah that's, that's what a I good idea see. yeah rather than like learn hellfire and brimstone spell i think well, uh, we we should be back live for, for those of you that are in our live chat room and not not just listening to the podcast, we, we do apologize for the interruption uh, in the conversation there. Um, but hey, that's that's what the podcast for. And, and for those of you on the podcast, 
uh, you know, we appreciate you bearing with us as we as we try and move our conversation uh, a little bit left and right, trying to help out those who are who are here in the chat room today. <laughs> uh, we can't have two episodes in a row called Crash, can we? No, no I, don't, I don't think we can. <laughs> no, we can't. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> Would it be classic Elder Scrolls Night if something didn't crash? It seems a requirement is someone loses their pants and something crashes. And something's got to crash. <laughs> and, and between that and my favorite one, my absolutely favorite one was me, Lou, and Farwin. And Farwin was playing Marwin, and he just did this, like, epic thing, died, and completely forgot to save after, like, two hours. (laughs) (laughs) There was, like, a tangible, like, palpable pause, and he was like, well, time to play Oblivion. (laughs) (laughs) That happens. It does happen. Oh, God. God love the old technology. (laughs) Oh, the chat room did a lot of that. We've lost half of them with the crash. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Oh, oh what we've a shame. Back up. <laughs> back, we're, we're back Yay. up, though, so. Yay, In- Twitter. Incidentally, though, uh, you know, I, I gotta know, how many, how many people have we, did we have in there so far? Uh, topped out about 35, I think. 35? Oh, that's not bad. That's, that's what I saw, yeah. Yeah. Very good. I mean, because we all got, I mean, I imagine we're going to be missing some people tonight. Sure. Washing yeah, but I mean, stuff. thanks to those of you guys that came out, and uh, thanks for being engaged with the discussion. They've been a buzz all night. It's been yeah. great. We really love having you guys. That's what makes us come back every night and try and give you something great and uh, hopefully some engaging and almost intelligent conversation. <laughs> almost intelligent. When things don't crash, it sort of sounds intelligent. <laughs> yeah. You know what else sounds intelligent? What's that? A British guy reading a book. Ah, are we on to that portion of the show now? (laughs) Possibly. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't think people have heard me talk enough tonight, so I can definitely jump into Random Law with Murray. Do you like that? I liked it, actually. I, I lowered the game volume extra just so I can get it. Yeah, if you can die, if you can edit that and put some echo on it, I think it'll sound balling. Probably, <laughs> probably not going to happen, but you know. okay. So, <laughs> uh, I I've just randomised a book over at the Imperial Library, uh, and I have to say, John did a really poor job last night on. Uh, Elder Scrolls off the record at, at doing my segment. <laughs> Didn't work out good, huh? I don't know. I don't know whose idea was to give him that, but I uh, You know how I found out Mark you reading down the show notes before we got to the segment. Right. And and for that I'll have to blame the person who wasn't there last night, which was Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And incidentally he's not here today either, so it works out in my favor. <laughs> But I feel I did great. You did fantastic. Exactly. So boo on you. Well, though right. the, my Shandra, one my one shortcoming is I don't have a British accent. Couldn't keep up with the British accent. He could not. No, and I, I admitted to that before I did it. 
Yes, he did. I'll, I'll try and do it in a Bostonian accent, y'all. No, please no, don't. No, God, oh, no, okay, no. Boston. Okay, yeah, no. my God. Don't do I'm that. crying right now. <laughs> yes. My car. My car. Is that, is that good? I think it'd be better if you just did it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've had plenty of women say that. <laughs> okay. Luminal or Liminal Bridges by Caminlo of Alinor. A discourse on the theory of praxis of travelling between Mundus and Oblivion by Caminlo Alwar. Al Alinor. Ah, transliminal passage of quickened objects or entities without the persistent agency of hyperagonal media is not possible. And if possible, would result in instantaneous retromission of the transported reference. Only a transpontine circumpenetration of the liminal will result in transits of greater than internestim oh my jesus who picked this in fentinesimal duration wow though our hyperagonal media may exist in theory the only known transliminal artifact capable of sustained Transpontine circumpenetration is the sigil stone. A sigil stone is a specimen of pre mythic quasi crystalline morpholith that has been transformed into an extra dimensional artifact through the arcane inscription of Daedric Sigil. Though some common morpholysis like soul gems may be found in nature, the exotic morpholis use the make sigil stones occur only in pocket voids of oblivion and cannot be pros- pr- uh, prospected or harvested without daedric assistance. Therefore, since both the morpholisic and daedric sigils require the Hyperagonal media cannot be obtained without traffic and commerce with Daedra Lords. It is necessary that a transliminal, transliminal mechanic cultivator, a working knowledge of conjuration through purpose-built enchantments may be substituted if the mechanic has suffered invocatory skill, traffic and Commerce with Daedra laws is an esoteric but well-established practice and lies outside the compass of its treaties. Presuming a sigil stone has been acquired, the transliminal mechanic must first prepare the morpholite to receive the Daedric sigil. Let the mechanic prepare a chamber sealed against all daylight and disturbances of the outer air, roofed and walled with white stone and floored with black tiles. All services of the chamber must be ritually purified with a solution of void salts in either solvent. A four-square table shall be placed in the centre of the room with a dish to receive the morpholite. 
Four censers shall be prepared with incense compound from Gorvix and Harada on the equinox. The mechanic shall then place the morpholite in the dish and intone the rites of the book of law, beginning at dawn and counting with cease until the sunset of the same day. The mechanic may present the purified morpholite to the David Lord for its inscription. Once inscribed with the David Lord's sigil, the morpholite becomes a true sigil stone, a powerful artifact that collects and stores arcane power, similar in many respects to a charged soul gem, but of a much greater magnitude, and it is this sigil stone that required to provide the tremendous arcane power necessary to stay in the enchantment that supports the transpontine circumpenetration of the luminum, the limin. Uh, to open a gate to oblivion, the mechanic must communicate directly or by spell or enchantment with the Daedra Lord who inscribed the sigil stone in question. The Daedra Lord and the mechanic jointly invoke the conjuration charter and the mechanic activates the charged sigil stone which is immediately transported through the liminal barrier to the spot where the sigil was inscribed, thus opening a temporary portal between Mundus and Oblivion. The portal may only remain open for the brief period of time, depending on the strength of the liminal barrier at the chosen spots, several minutes being the longest ever reported, so the usefulness of such a gate is quite limited. Ah. <sighs> And that is Liminal Bridges. Wow. That literally read like a thesis or something. (laughs) Wow. Maury, I I applaud your your stick-with-it-ness on that. That Yes, applaud my efforts, but not my linguistic skills. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that was a tongue twister. It was. You did better than I could have under the (laughs) the random and abrupt circumstances. Very, very good. Thank you very much for for sticking with it. I'm going to have a lie down. (laughs) Relax a little bit. Have a bit of a kip in, as you Brits would say. Yeah, I'm going to have a kip. Yeah, kip. <laughs> oh dear, John, how we doing? What else we got left on the show tonight? <laughs> uh, well, I did want to take a minute and just talk about uh, a mod, as I have done uh, every week so far. So this week it's another Skyrim mod that you can find on the Skyrim Nexus called uh, "Realistic Needs and Diseases," and this one kind of ties into the discussion about how clutter impacts your game because this really changes how the clutter impacts my game. Uh, this adds the need uh, for your character to eat or drink. And by setting this up, uh, now running through the ends and seeing all the food, those are things I do definitely want to pick up because I will at some point in time need to consume those to uh, keep my character from receiving negative buffs for being hungry or thirsty. It also adds a slew of different diseases that you can get uh, from being out in the cold. It works well with Frostfall, and it kind of really increases the difficulty uh, a little bit of the game, but not to the point where it just makes monsters stronger. It just makes how you approach the game a little more cautious and difficult. So I think it's a real interesting mod to have. So do you have to, you have to like keep, you have to sleep and everything, or do you like, 
Yep, you have to sleep because you get tired, you have to eat, and you have to drink. And um, it, if you use SKSE, it has the um, mod settings add-on. So you can tweak it a little bit, and you can set the rates if you feel that it's happening a bit too much and it's being a bit too cumbersome. You can lower it and set it to something you feel is more appropriate. I love I like those the mods that that do that. You know, if you're if you're the kind of uh player who wants to add some some sort of level of difficulty to the game that that maybe the devs haven't thought about or or a piece of realism, you know, mods like that really definitely help out with that. Um on a side note and maybe somewhat related, I contracted vampirism while <laughs> we were going through that lore section. <laughs> And you're in a dungeon. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Are you almost done with this dungeon? I'm getting there. I would love to see you walk outside. I, I'm, I'm attempting it. <laughs> I'm getting very, very close. Uh, one of the cool things about being a vampire in Elder Scrolls games is it always gives you, like, you know, buffs to certain things, especially if you're a sneak assassin type of character like I'm playing right now. Um, so I have resist paralysis, resist Normal weapons, resist magic, resist fire, resist disease. All of this actually comes from from vampirism. So let's uh, let's see exactly how how this this plays out for me. I believe actually you get stronger perks as the disease uh, gets stronger, but it also increases the f- the rate at which it strengthens, and at one point it will eventually put like this huge negative buff on you if I remember right maybe Shank can correct me yeah so vampirism is kind of interesting in in, in oblivion um, I mean basically you, you have these various effects so you are right when you say you know your effects um, increase or whatever but basically your first day your, your vampirism level is 25% second day 50 so you know really like after 72-ish hours, you're 100% vampire, and your your you, your bonuses, your strength bonuses, um, increase accordingly. But also your weaknesses, for example, your weakness to uh, fire, and also I, th- I think normal weapons and obviously sunlight. So your weaknesses also do get more pronounced. So at a certain point, you literally can't even walk out in the sun really, unless you feed and if you feed then you you know your vamp your vampirism you can kind of uh, manage your vampirism like that but what's cool is that after every you know uh, day you know first day second day third day fourth day etc you get an additional ability so for example a varwin uh, just contract uh, contracted vampirism right so after the first day, he's going to get the ability called Hunter's Sight. Second day, Vampire is some uh, seduction. I can't remember the third and fourth day. But um, basically, you get an, uh, an ability as the, each successive day goes on. And I'm, I'm not sure how this is in Skyrim. I'm sure because of Dawnguard, they've got some pretty cool stuff in there. But at least in Oblivion, this is how it works. And uh, Ivarwin, I'm actually very interested to see how this works um, because I know... Last time you had it, like you went on this crazy quest to try and cure it. 
Oh yeah. Cause it was uh it was totally like I didn't even mean to to get it. Now uh I wanted to get it and it <laughs> I couldn't even I accidentally cured myself of it, so <laughs> Is uh, very funny in the in the beginning stages of vampirism. All you do is just drink a cure disease potion, and that's it. It's gone. Mm -hmm. uh, but once you get it, you've got to go on this ridiculous, epic quest in order to rid yourself of it. The Oblivion character I mentioned playing uh, was the one playthrough I did have uh, still does have vampirism, and I've been playing through it, and I'm probably level 30, and I got it at like level 12. Wow. Wow. Whew. Oh man, that was close. I'm eager to see like how close I am getting out of here because I've been in here for a long time. And oh, chameleon. Ooh, chameleon is in. This is this is a spell that I wish came back. Yeah, that's a that is a great great spell if you if you're looking to to play a sneak character. Chameleon's fantastic. I mean, the bonuses that you get by casting that. Um, are are extremely high, and you've got to be a very high level character uh, in order to even detect a person under the effects of chameleon. Well, is it, oh, is it different to uh, invisible in uh, Skyrim? Yes. So, okay. in invisibility, you cast invisibility and you go invisible, right? Mm -hmm. But yes. as soon as you interact with something, you're taken out of that invisibility. Chameleon is cool because you can you can still kind of it, it, it's not a perfect invisibility, but it basically lasts for the entire duration of the effect, you know, regardless of whatever actions oh. or uh, interact interactions that you might have. Um, so once you get like a hundred percent chameleon, for example, you become you're you're basically like you could walk into someone and they wouldn't know that you're there. So it it, it gets very very powerful, um, and it, it's it's an incredibly useful skill. Uh, sorry, spell and effect. If you are a thief or an assassin, so it, it's really cool. Oh, nice. Unfortunately, this uh, undead character has seen me. So <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Even though I'm under the effects of chameleon. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be able to hide from him. There's nothing wrong with bravely hiding, man. Uh, oh. Tactically Tac retreating. Tactical retreat, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is what that is called. Tactical uh, retreating. I like that. That's a real term. So I think that's all our discussion topics for tonight. Yeah, yeah that uh, that that is basically it. Those are our, our discussion topics. Um, you guys have anything else that maybe you wanna you wanna bring up for for a little bit before we we sort of close the show out? Uh, I mean, as far as as far as shows go, I think this was an unbelievably epic, epic classic Elder Scrolls night. It's been fully charged and fully packed. That's for sure. That that is absolutely the case. Yeah, I think we really had a great time tonight. Once again. Thanks, yeah. Shank, for coming on, and thanks for having me on. I had a blast. Um, but I really do want to see you go outside and burn. No offense. <laughs> well, I've only got 25% uh, vampirism right now. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to be, you know, that bad. Aww. But she's been smacking me in the face with fireballs left and right, and hasn't really done, you know, too much. 
man, I wish I had like a potion that, like a poison that drained her mana or something, because she's just, I'm knocking her down. Do you have any, do you have any shock spells? I might, I might have something. Shock kind of, uh, does, uh, affects magicka. There we go. Potion of paralysis. There you go, that works. Can't, ah, she got me, I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Alright, there we go, and on that note. (laughs) It's been a classic Elder Scrolls night. Exactly, it has been. Uh, classically classic. Well, thank you very much, everyone. I really appreciate, uh, everyone coming in, saying hi, joining us for classic Elder Scrolls night. Uh, I guess we'll we'll end off with our final thoughts here, and we'll start with John. Hmm. I can't wait to jump into more Morrowind, and this time my character is not going to sell his pants. (laughs) And Maury. Uh, I guess it's keep an open mind and embrace the past. As we walk towards the future. That's deep. Mm. Very. Uh, Shank. Um, thank you very much uh, for inviting me. I. This is honestly, this is like one of my. Even before this was a podcast, this was one of my favorite streams to watch and be a part of, and just hang out and have a conversation with. So. Um, to see it fleshed out with like discussion topics and all this other kind of stuff. It's so, it's so engaging. I, I really, really love it. Um, it honestly makes me so incredibly happy, um, to be just de- delving into like the history basically of the Elder Scrolls. So I'm very excited. Um, and I'm going to attempt to get more Oblivion, uh, not more Oblivion, but the mod more Oblivion working uh, so I can, uh, play some Morrowind, uh, running on Oblivion's engine. Well, uh, guys, thank you, like I said, once again for for coming in. Uh, Shank, welcome to the show. I love the fact that you're now a permanent uh, cast member here. And I think this this show is is better with you uh, than without you. Well, thank you. That actually, you know, that means a lot to me. (laughs) Yeah. And for those of you out there who who love uh, classic discussion... This show is for you, and and you've you have weighed in, and we've we've been receiving a lot of emails, a lot of tweets, saying love love the new show. Uh, this isn't going anywhere, guys. I'm so excited that that it's been received as well as it has been. Uh, it's it's up on YouTube. It's on the feed. If you listen to Elder Scrolls Off the Record, if you listen to Quest Gaming Network, this is just coming directly to you. Uh, just be aware that it does record on Twitch.tv forward slash Quest Gaming Network. Every Friday night, starting at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And you can, of course, catch it on YouTube. Whenever the Twitch stream doesn't crash, you can catch it in its entirety. (laughs) 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 All right. Have a good night, everyone. Take care. Be safe. And may the foos be with you.